1: Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet robe. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, (laughs) sit down everybody. Do you recognize that laugh? Miss Eva Marcel. Hey, what's going on, David? How are you today? How are you? You are awake and alive and you're like happy today, right?
0: Listen, with all that's going on in the world, you have to find your happiness. And there's a silver lining in everything. And so I find my chi daily.
1: Me too. You know, like you have no other choice but to find your chi on a daily basis. You have to. What are you, are you in Atlanta or where are you?
0: I am currently in Atlanta, thank God. I actually, um, if you look around my room, it's crazy because I just started unpacking bags. Um, I've been traveling a lot, working a lot. And so because of that, we just collect luggage at this point. So I have finally unpacked. My toothpaste is like not in a toiletry bag, but it's on my counter. I'm so happy.
1: Well, that's a step in the right direction, right?
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: And you have been in Atlanta really ever since you went there for school, right? You just fell in love with Atlanta?
0: No, actually. I went to college in Atlanta, and then um, I tried out for this little show you might have heard of. It's called America's Next Top Model. And I uh, tried out for that while I was living in Atlanta going to college. And then um, once I was to win, I got contract. And, um, my agent said, uh, you need to move to New York. So I quickly moved to New York at 18 and I lived there for about seven or eight years. And then I moved to LA where I started doing a lot more acting. I got a, uh, a regular role on Young and the Restless, which required that I was at work at 6 a.m. every day. So that kind of moved me uh, back to L.A. And then after that, the film industry decided they wanted to shoot everywhere but L.A. So I found myself in Canada all the time, in New York all the time, in Atlanta. And I was shooting a television show called Born Again Virgin in Atlanta uh, in 2015. And that is where I met my husband and uh, how I found my way back to Atlanta in 2017.
1: Well, I am a New Yorker. I am here right now. Did you love your time when you lived in New York?
0: Oh, my God. I lived everywhere in New York, too. I had an illegal sublet on uh, 34th and 9th, right next to the Skylight Diner. I loved it. And then I lived on the Lower East Side for, like, two weeks because the illegal sublet guy came home and said he needed his house. So I needed a temporary stay, and then I moved to Murray Hill on 28th and Madison, and I loved it, oh, my God, until Prices just kept going up and up, and I wasn't spending more than seven thousand five hundred dollars a month on rent. So I moved to Jersey City, yay! So I moved to Jersey City. They were just redoing like Hoboken and Weehawken, and I lived right off the water. And I love New York, love New
1: Jersey. It's a good place. And speaking of that little show that you mentioned, America's Next Top Model. <laughs> How did you get involved like in the beginning like did someone say <laughs> to you like did you want to be a model did someone say hey you should go try for this tell me well, everything Well my
0: story is kind of weird because I love fashion, like fashion is my jam, right? So in college, we, I went to Historical Black College University in the middle of Atlanta. It's called the AUC. So it's Morehouse College, Spelman College, Clark Atlanta, Morris Brown. So it's all these amazing institutions all together. So it was all about what you wore. It was all about being fabulous, right? So I was all into fashion. I made a lot of clothes. And I did like the fashion shows for the school. So at the time, Top Model was like new. And I remember passing some of the girls um, on a Saturday And they said, you know, Tyra Banks is um, doing auditions for her modeling show. You should try out. And I'm like, sweetheart, I dress models and I teach models how to walk. I'm not a model. Like, there's nothing about me that says model. So I thought it was a cute idea, but my best friend at the time wanted to try out. So I was like, all right. I tried out for cheerleading with her. I didn't make it. Tried out for the dance team. I didn't make it. So I figured I'd try out for top model and I wouldn't make it. But surprisingly, I did. I was... I was floored. I never wore mascara. I never wore heels. Like I wore, um, like uh cowgirl boots with like little spur heels on it. And that was it. So this was new for me. It was very new and I had no anticipation,
1: <laughs> but that's, so when you got there, were you like, Oh my God, like, what did I get myself into?
0: Well, okay, so when I got there, I remember them, um, I was number 30. We had little stickers, and I do remember being number 30. And I remember them saying, um, tell me your name, your age, something special about you, and um, do you have a special skill? And I was really confused because um, I figured they had all my information because I wrote it on the application, so I didn't know why they needed that. And then I don't know why they needed a special skill because I thought I was here for modeling. So... I like people were rapping and like doing poetry and like lyrical dance and I was like well do you want to see me walk because I I, I guess this will lead me to a runway that's what I came for so I said I got to walk for you so I started walking and I think that helped me uh, get selected
1: Wow And what was it like? Now we have talked, I have, not we, I have talked to, you know, I've talked to people that have won the show as well. We've had lots of judges and lots of top model people on here. So what was it like? I mean, is this just all hype or, you know, because it just gets such a bad reputation of like Ken Mock and Tyra and this.
0: First of all, let me just say, leave Tyra alone. Okay. Tyra Banks, Tyra Lynn Banks is my girl. She, I mean, no good deed goes unpunished. Think about it. She created a show to give a platform to people that would never have an opportunity in this space. This wasn't, you know... Five, 10 models that she was finding off the street that could get any agent. These were people that needed grooming and help. And she did that for me. I mean, I look up and I'm almost 20 years after Top Model and I have a very sustainable career. I have been making, thanks to Tyra, great money since I was a teenager. I look at Don Benjamin. I look at so many people, men and women, Takara, that have come from the show. Yaya DaCosta is over on Chicago Med and ain't never leaving. Like, it's just one of those things that it was an opportunity. It's like college. You go to school, you do something with your degree or you don't. And I think those that chose not to do anything with their degree are salty.
1: That I mean, I, I could see that. What about, yeah, I mean, I could see that. Do you, so do you really, you know, 20 years into it, like you said, attribute, like, I have a career because, I mean, look, you're accomplished, you're great at what you do, but is it really like, I have this because Absolutely. of Tyra? Absolutely.
0: I mean, think about it. We wouldn't be anywhere we are if not for our parents or those that brought us up. And when it comes to me in this industry, Tyra Banks gave me a crash course along with lay Marin and Nigel Barker and Mrs. J and J-Manuel. They groomed me. In and prepared me for this business. I had thick skin and I was already a very aggressive girl. That was a given. Like I was born with that, but they taught me, um, how to use the, the difference in me, the vulnerable parts of me, the things that are not like other people. They taught me how to use that to my advantage. And they taught me that that was special. And if the, when women listen to uh, the judges and the coaches that are there, then they will get the nuggets. Now, mind you, there's always someone that has something to say that you don't agree with. Like Janice Dickinson. She told me I needed to change my nose. She told me all these different things about my physical attributes. She called me androgynous every day. I thought I was a man. I was so confused. So, I mean, some stuff you take and then the other stuff you throw away.
1: Did you have issues? Because I know Janice came out. I mean, I, I heard that recently. As you make a face, <laughs> I, 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 take it. You're, it's okay. You're entitled. I take it. You're not a Janice Dickinson fan.
0: You know what? For the legend that she is and, um, that I was introduced to for um, all that she has accomplished as a woman in this business. My hat goes off to her. I take nothing away from the greatness that is her, but her choice to be her best self does not show up daily that I can say. And after years and years of maturation, one would assume that you would choose your better self and she just hasn't or didn't towards me. Maybe she's a better woman now, but uh, the last time I saw her, she was the same person as the first time I saw her.
1: So I take it since you announced this that to the world that she suggested you fix your nose with the money, you haven't heard from her?
0: I, I absolutely haven't heard from her, but I don't think the world has heard from
1: her. So <laughs> there <laughs> Well, I mean, it's good that you have a thick skin. Like, did stuff like that bother you at the time? Or were you always just like resilient from day one? Or-
0: um, at the time, yeah, I can say I have been, and I like a lot of people, our coping mechanisms are to kind of just suppress that stuff that people said about you, like, oh, you're ugly or your teeth are this or your skin is that or your hair is this. And I kind of just kind of pushed it down. Um, but on my podcast, um, The Undressing Room, we were talking about giving people their flowers while they are still alive. And we were talking about little Kim in specific and how she just did has done so much for um, female rappers and just the music game and hip hop. And, And somehow we segued onto how people have problems with the way she looks. And I'm like, you know what? This business is so funny because it doesn't matter what you do. Someone will always have something to say. I remember, and that's how it came out, how Janice Dickinson told me, you know, as soon as I won, I'm happy you won. Now you're lucky enough to have enough money to go get your nose fixed. And I had never told that story before. I didn't know that it actually, um was still in there somewhere bothering me but it's it's one of those things where you know you speak life and death out of your the 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 tongue and it's a double edged short so you definitely have to watch out um what you say to people because you'd be surprised it could be a throwaway to you but it could be something that they take forever
1: do you know little kim personally
0: i do know little kim personally miss kimberly jones and she's fabulous
1: Tell us something about Little Kim. I've met her before. I mean, not. I don't know her. I'm passing. Um, I'm. I'm a huge Little Kim fan.
0: Uh, I well, I've always been a a Little Kim fan. But I remember when Little Kim was not locked down, and I was doing my show, and I can see the. was and she had just dropped a, a, an album and she had dedicated a line to me and um, it was she said on the cover of Don Diva doing spritz with Eva we walked down the streets dudes called us the cover girl we stand out because we next to them other girls oh my god it was everything so to get a shout out from Little Kim and her rap song was everything because I mean we grew up on hardcore I shouldn't listen to it at that age but I did
1: that was a great scene that and Il Nana by Foxy. Oh.
0: Listen, and the Foxy and Kim beef let it go because the firm and Foxy Brown was everything. Foxy was Foxy and Kim was Kim and nobody can take away anything but Junior Mafia was killing the game. They just were
1: I agree. Team both. Team both. Yes, yes. Do you, well, that has to be, I mean, as a a career high, getting a shout out from Little Kim.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's better than, you know, being in a man's diss song about something you wasn't supposed to do. So thank God I never ended up there. I'd rather be on Little Kim's song than anything else.
1: (laughs) Well, speaking of Tyra and, you know, saying good things, I mean, you guys have had many Watch What Happens live appearances together. So just settle it once and for all. Who truly can smize better, you or her? Oh.
0: Please, Tyra is hands down the queen of smize. And believe me, I got a mean ass smize, but I still learned from mother. Mother is, she is everything. Tyra is the queen of effortlessness work. Like she's the most diligent person I know. She has her ice cream she's doing. She's over there on uh, the dancing stars. She always has her hand in the cookie jar, but she makes it look so easy. It's like no one can do it like Tyra.
1: Well, you have your connection. Maybe one day, I mean, many, an ex-housewife has been on dancing. Maybe one day you'll be on Dancing with the Stars.
0: Well, I have to learn how to dance first. (laughs) I I can't, listen, I can do a lot of things. I can recite, which is why I'm a great actor, because I can remember anything. But when it comes to dancing, I have like two left feet. They're horrible.
1: Well, maybe you're the perfect person for the show then. Oh
0: my God, have EMS on standby for sure. I'm a good chair dancer. So now if there's a new genre of dancing that's like, hey, sit in your chair and dance, and then the song comes on, I'm your girl. In the chair, I look like I know exactly what I'm doing, but when I stand up, my legs don't match my torso.
1: I can't really dance either. <laughs> well, you won America's Next Top Model, so it all it all worked out.
0: It did, thank you, Tyra.
1: And then what was life like right after that? Were you just, I mean, I know you were on so many covers, then you started doing some acting, like did life just take off right after that?
0: Um, you know what? It did not because this is back in the day before reality TV even had a name. It was just like this docu-series thing we're doing. It wasn't even called reality TV. So, um, I went back to college. And we shot the show in the summertime. Um, We started in May. We got done in about June, July. And I went back to my next semester of school, which was really weird because billboards started like coming up and it's like the quirky tomboy girl from school. And it's like, hold on. Is that you in the little leather skirt? So um, life changed, but it was odd because I did go back to school.
1: rocks.com for 20% off your purchase
0: discover why critics are calling kingdom of the planet of the apes the best film of the franchise
1: what a wonderful day
0: it's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible i need to go hang on
1: I'm so stressed out all the time. I mean, you guys have listened to me for years now. Do you think I'm a relaxed person who likes to just chill out and just easily can just step away from it all? No, I check my phone 24 seven. And before I discovered the Calm app, I truly couldn't unwind. I tried everything, long walks, baths, really nothing took my mind off just everything, everything, all of this. So the Calm app is literally the one thing that I that has worked for me. Calm is the number one mental wellness app, and it helps give you and it helps give me the tools that improve the way that I feel. It helped reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations and improve my focus through these music tracks. And for me, it just takes my mind off checking Instagram, my phone, texts. I used to use it just to go to sleep, but now anytime I'm stressed out during the day, I just go to Calm and I just put it on and it just takes my mind off everything. It can help you rest and recharge. They have imaginative sleep stories, which are not just for children, they're for adults also. So listen, for listeners of this show, Calm is offering an exclusive offer of 40% off of a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash Velvet Rope. Go to calm.com slash Velvet Rope for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. There's so much variety, you'll never get bored. That's calm.com slash Velvet Rope. And then as the show aired, people were like, wait, it's you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And now all of a sudden I have friends that I didn't have ever. Like I was the not cool girl and I still wasn't cool, but I was on a billboard.
1: Do you look back upon that show? Because, you know, there's so much talk now about like diversity and inclusion. Like to me, it's like Top Model did this before it was a thing.
0: Absolutely. And it's so frustrating because cancel culture is so like real and it's so easy to pull up something someone said a million years ago, take it out of context and then throw it into the civil rights fight that we have right now. Um, But when it comes to Top Model, I think. Tyra was revolutionary. She was revolutionary in saying, you know what? The standards of beauty for men and for women of every single color are wrong. And so what I'm gonna do is create a platform and display beauty like you've never seen it. From freckles to vitiligo to plus size to short girls like me to black girls. I mean, when was the last time you saw this many black people on a billboard or a cover ever?
1: Yeah. Do you think she doesn't get enough credit for that?
0: never I mean you know what there is a special wing in heaven with a lot of ice cream and tapas because Tyra is a sampler she'll like order a lot of stuff and just sample everything there is a special wing in heaven right next to Oprah's and Tyler Perry's and it's gonna say Tyra Lynn Banks for the world that you created God made a space for you because you know what the world doesn't have to give her her acclaim it is the fact that I can feed my kids every day it's the fact that I am amongst the three to five percent of Americans that do would I love to do for a living that birth inside of me a craft that I didn't even know that I had let alone love so if she gets her acclaim here on earth or not I mean the fact that I'm existing in the way I am thank you Tyra
1: did you love acting right when you fell into it right away or was it hard to no. transition?
0: I always loved acting. I was, um, funny enough, one of the execs over at Tyler Perry Studios was my high school drama teacher, Mark Swinton, who is a titan in the industry now. But I fell in love with theater and being on stage when I was a very little girl. I played the trombone. And so if I didn't get a part in the school play, I was in the orchestra. I was, I was going to be at play practice some way, somehow. So I was always a part of the performing arts department in elementary school, middle school, high school, and college. I was a part of the AUC players. So it was a natural segue.
1: And then, I mean, is this just my own making this an ironic thing? I mean, you get on Young and the Restless, which first of all, that must be amazing, (laughs) right?
0: Oh my God, Y&R is, Young and the Restless is one of the most historic television shows of all time. If not, sorry for all the other soap fans, the most historic soap opera ever. I mean, hands down.
1: It is. And you were only supposed to be there for a hot minute and it turned into something regular. So that must have been amazing. Yes.
0: to come in after the legendary Drew solo known as Victoria Rao to play with the late, great Christoph St. John, who was my nut love interest. His name was Neil Hamilton on the show. Brighton, you know him from um, Family Matters. He played my nephew. Um, and while we were talking about diversity, we're talking about a show with 33 principals and three black people. And so to get a principal role on a show like that, allowed to be unapologetically me, was just amazing. Thank you, CBS.
1: And is it ironic that then your character is named Tyra? I mean, did anyone, is this just a coincidence or do they have a discussion like, we're going to be cheeky here and sorry, your name is Tyra?
0: No, it was actual coincidence. I auditioned for the role like everyone else did. It was out of me and a few other people. I had to come to LA to test against other girls. So it wasn't as if it was like, ooh, the role for this top model chick, Eva, would name her Tyra. Like she was Tyra Hamill no matter what.
1: I mean, am I, the first, am I, I can't be the only one that's, that sees this. I just thought that was really funny.
0: I loved it. The fact that one of my first major roles on TV was playing a character named Tyra was everything.
1: It's kind of funny. Did you, do you like acting better than modeling? Do you like it all? Like, do you have a favorite part of this business?
0: Um, the, my favorite part of this business is that I get to choose what I want to do. That's my favorite part. There is no one thing. So I, and it's no just to anyone that loves to like go into the office. Cause there are those kind of people. Like my brother is that guy. He brings like his Tupperware and his stuff. And like, he has his favorite friends there. He's that guy. I'm the kind of girl that likes my gig. I over invest in it. I spend two, three months on a project and then I'm off to the next. I have ADD. I'm a Scorpio and I like to keep it moving. So I, um, I have a new television show actually called all the Queen's men which I am crazy in love with like I literally just birthed another child
1: I I have we're gonna get there because I'm crazy in love with it and I haven't even I don't even but just a little have bit. no
0: idea it's so oh. delicious and so scantily clad and unapologetically yummy
1: We're going to talk about it in one second because I got lots of questions for you. Okay. I mean, like, I I knew you had a new show and I knew the name and then I started reading and I saw a little clip and I was like, oh, wait, oh, no, I I am in.
0: Listen.
1: Well, before we get there, though, in addition to all of this, you also did some music videos, one with Miss Jennifer Lopez.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Let's not forget that. That video for me was, um, and it's so crazy because when you're living life and you're journeying through this thing called life, you don't realize how epic certain moments are going to be. Um, my best friend, rest in heaven, Stephanie Mosley was a dancer for J. Lo and Beyonce and Shakira and Britney Spears and anybody that was epic, she danced for them. And uh, she was dancing with J. Lo at the time and um, they wanted to do this old school remake of a George Michael video with like all these supermodels. And so uh, my name came up and Stephanie's like, that's my best friend, I can call her. And so I got like a direct call like, Hey, you want to be in J. Lo's video? And mind you, I had did um, Jamie Fox's video uh, some years back, and I had decided that I didn't wanna pigeonhole myself to a, any type of uh, talent. I didn't wanna be a video person or this or that. So I was very selective about the videos that I did considering I can't sing or have nothing to do with the music business. Um, so, I mean, if Luther asked, absolutely. So when JLo asked, I was like, uh, yeah, when and where? So it was actually shot in Miami, it was with Pitbull, and it was so amazing. When I tell you J-Lo is the most gracious woman ever, hands down, gorgeous, I mean, needs no makeup at all one thing I noticed about her is she is a girl's girl she is a stickler about her nails we did like four different scenes and she changed her nails like her nail tech was behind her doing her nails every and I'm like they can't even see your nails J-Lo because we see these boots in this little bodysuit and you're sliding down like that's where we're watching but she was so sincere about her nails it was so cute
1: And it was like what? They were totally different in all four takes.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it was like soft pink, like nude it was like brighter pink and then it was clear so you couldn't tell but she was on point and the most epic part of the video was the part that I wasn't even in I just came on set to watch where she has on these thigh high boots and she has on this little bodysuit and there's this dance move that she does and then she comes and she like comes running and slides down the runway in these boots that have studs and she murdered it I was like okay so I still won't be a dancer or a singer because if this is what I'm competing against oh my god
1: and she was just so nice like she was the
0: sweetest lady ever and she had a million beautiful girls a million guys it was at the beach pit bulls whole posse was there you had onlookers um and she was so gracious made made sure everybody had stuff to cover up made sure we ate like she was a sweetheart
1: you have met I mean, tons of celebrities. Who are like like one or two celebrities that you met, and they were just so much nicer than like you ever expected.
0: Um, Whitney Houston. So I remember one. Uh, I want to think it was the Grammys after party. I was at Russell Simmons's house, who's a good friend of mine, and I went to Russ's party. And I was filling myself. I had my head all wrapped up and silk on, and I get um, there, and Russ asks me to go into the room upstairs he's like before we go down there go upstairs really fast I want to introduce you to someone so I just felt like Rashida Jones and I just said hi to Quincy Jones so I'm feeling like I'm in the mix and baby I walked in the room I will never forget what she had on she had on a white denim jacket and some white jeans and I turned around and it was the one and only Whitney Houston and I just about lost my shit and I mean, I've seen her in passing, but I have never like sat in a room waiting on Russ with her. And she was just, and she can tell I was nervous and she was so nice. And I introduced myself and she was like, did you enjoy the show tonight? What was your favorite part? And she was just so sweet and you have a drink, get her a drink. What do you, what do you want? And she was just like, that's Whitney Houston. So I think Whitney is hands down my, like my
1: favorite. Do you get starstruck? Like, it's still? Like, are you the type? Or I mean, because you're in the business. Yes,
0: yes. You do. I remember um, one of my favorite starstruck moments was I was at uh, Tyler Perry's first studio opening, and uh, it was like a big three day situation. And how I got set at this table because there were like 80 tables. But how I got set at the table where Cicely Tyson was, that where Oprah and Gail were sitting at, Stedman was there, um, Sydney Portier. How I get Seated at that table, I have no clue. But I'm not asking questions. I didn't even look at my nameplate twice. I sat down, and so I remember like trying to stop my sweat and then make small talk at the same time. And I started with Gail, so I'm like, "Hi, I know you're Gail King. My name is Eva." And before I could finish, Gail was like, "I know who you are, girl. Me and Oprah know exactly who we are. You are. We were rooting for you." And I just like. I went absolutely crazy, between Cicely Tyson's epicness and Oprah and Gail already knowing who I am, I just, thank you, Tyler. <laughs> it was epic.
1: That has to be a moment where Oprah's like, I know exactly who you are. Yeah. I
0: mean, but because it's Oprah, it's like mama, oh, like I, we have, like it's Oprah. And you and Gail have conversations, like are you in your garden? Are you picking flowers? Are you making food? What are you doing?
1: Are you telling us that Oprah is a fan of America's Next Top Model and watched it?
0: Well, I I just can't say that Oprah knew who I was. And that was just like, it's Oprah. Like the closest thing next to God and Nyanla Van Zandt.
1: It's kind of a big deal. Yes. What about like the opposite? Like, have you ever met a celebrity that you're just like, get over yourself, honey?
0: Um... They usually have shades on. So the ones that you have, they usually have shades on and they act like they can't see you. And I do the same thing, like when you just want to kind of beeline through, you just put your shades on. But I can say that um, you would be surprised because we use the bathroom the same way everyone else does. Celebrities are just like regular humans. They're thirsty when they're thirsty. They're tired when they're tired. And um, the nicest, nicest, nicest celebrity in the entire world is Beyonce knows. Like, the nicest i have seen her for two hours on end shake hands smile never st- i mean not a fake robotic smile like a genuine oh my god that's so pretty i like your tattoo Oh, that necklace is so cute like she's just the nicest lady ever so i bring her up to say you would be surprised celebrities are just like humans because they are humans and uh, you get some good ones and you got some bad ones but most of them are actually really nice
1: what's something about beyonce that would shock me
0: Um, nothing, because I think the golden child that she is, we already know, like she is epic at her craft. The, I mean, the best thing since Tina Turner and Michael Jackson- made a baby it would have been her except for matthew and tina did it um but she's as nice as they come she's as professional as they come and i remember a small it was like a really small gathering this was before john legend was like a huge big star um but he was still very known and they had like a small intimate event in new york and um they set me next to beyonce and jay-z how i don't know but i got sit set next to them and so jay-z asks b if she wants something to drink and she's like yeah i'll take some water and then he asked me if i wanted water and i was like for me too i mean it was just water and he was just being a gentleman but i was really excited
1: between oprah and beyonce <laughs> you have you have you have good karma I'm old.
0: i'm old i've been in this business a long time
1: No, but to your point of Tina Turner, like, I mean, I I knew she was done, but that documentary, like, I don't know if you watched it. You're just like.
0: Watched it? My, where's my sweatshirt? I just, I just washed my sweatshirt to wear it again. I mean, come on,
1: Tina, anime Bullock. Did you see Tina on Broadway when it was there for a hot minute?
0: Yes. And then I got really scared because remember she got sick and then we were afraid that the show wasn't going to go on. But Tina Turner is a legend. She is a woman, a woman for all women. And I know it's really sad that when you think of her, you think of her struggle, but I don't think it's the struggle we think of. I think it's the strength that we are inspired by to see how much um, she cared about her craft and what she endured to be great.
1: And to start like later in life, like in the 80s when she hit it, that was, she was like in her, she was at least 40, I think maybe, or even a little older, so that says something, especially. Yeah, it says in, something about day. my
0: knees. I need to. Well, I don't know what she's taking, but uh, I'm barely 40 and my knees are already gone.
1: <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> what about? So let's talk about, you know, you, a full circle moment and, you know, season 10. There you are back on our TV screens. I mean, you knew I was going to bring this up, Eva. I mean, come on. Like, I'm a self respecting <laughs> gay man. We have to. Let's go. I, I recently had Mike Hill on this show. I and love Mike love and you know after we talked about his book and his amazing like sports you know career I'm like listen before we turn this bus left honey like is there anything else you want to say about your unbelievable career because we are about to go down this road okay and Mike was like no I mean somebody Mike Mike was like we're gonna talk housewives I'm like oh honey
0: you know that absolutely.
1: okay so there you are your nini's friend we we are reintroduced to you how was housewives
0: Housewives was a whirlwind. It was like um, it was like college. It was scary. It was fun. It was sad. It was uh, educational. It was so much. I mean, for me, I think it was a, a very different kind of a situation because I came on to the show and I wasn't pregnant as soon as I got there, but quickly I was. And then I was pregnant the entire time I was um, on Real Housewives of Atlanta. So there was a lot of, um, reservation that I was required to have just because I had a baby in utero and I'm a good mom and I'm going to make sure my baby is okay. Um, so there was a lot of holding back that I definitely did. I think it was, uh, thank you God, because I should have held back. At, um, but I gained such good friendships. I can say Cynthia Bailey, which is why I love Mike Hill so much. Cause that's, um, his better half, is that's my rock. That's my ride or die. It doesn't go three days before we're like, hey, wellness check, where are you in the world? Um, Kenya Moore, that is my heart. Her daughter Brooklyn is my niece. She's at my house all the time. Her and my son are in love with each other. They are like two peas in a pod. And if I tell Mikey that Brooklyn's coming and Brooklyn doesn't come, he has a fit. Where's Brookie? Where's Brookie? He puts food out for her. Like makes her sure her area is good. She, Oh my God, they're adorable. And then candy, candy Burris. Um, and it's crazy because when I first started the show, I, um, got very irritated with Candy, starting this colorism shit, which I think she can understand and appreciate my frustration now with the social climate and the way it is and the need for unity um, and not to separate us from our differences, i.e. hue. So initially that was my uh, issue with Candy, but Candy is a grown woman. We have... Much so buried the hatchet, um, learned a lot from that situation. Um, sadly, it was not um shown the way I think it should have for a proper teachable moment in real time versus I don't know the current Black Lives Matter movement convenient time right now, but I digress.
1: Were you shocked like after film? Well, what, what what's harder? I mean, a top model or housewives?
0: Oh, housewives. Housewives was harder. I remember the first uh, uh, day I ever filmed with Housewives, which was um, showing up at Candy's uh, Ebony um, or Essence magazine cover, excuse me. So showing up at Candy's Essence magazine cover was her first cover. I know she was beyond excited. She was gorgeous. And it was the first time I met all the girls. And, um, I was just, I was in a sundress, I had my Philly boo sundress on, my hair was nice and natural, I had my tinted moisturizer, I did not know what I was walking into, like, full regalia, full face makeup, like, it was prom, and the attitudes and the setup, it was the setup for me. I remember taking my microphone off and going to my car, and my agent's like, um, Eva, where are you going? And I was, this it's like getting really icky and I want to go home and he was like yeah but that's not really how that works And I was like yeah but I don't want to do this anymore (laughs) and so obviously what I knew of reality television and what the machine is that is Real Housewives of Atlanta were very different and um, it was um it was difficult for me to navigate being my authentic selves self with the world that they created to pose for television.
1: Is that what it was? Like just, you know, cameras, okay, here's a scene. You're like, oh my God, like everyone's acting here. Like-
0: yes. So for me, I just thought I could be me. I like flowy clothes. I'm a hippie. It's just, I didn't think there was anything wrong with it. I'm a tree hugger. I like my, you know, I bought a new beta fish yesterday. That's just who I am and because there was no representation of that on the show especially a show full of black women i thought that it would be embraced and appreciated to show a different type of a woman it's like thinking that all gay men are the same like i'm sorry do you not have more than one gay friend because we're people and people are different and so i thought that my difference would be accepted um but I realized shortly that they wanted uh Tina Turner. they wanted the the old school fifteen years ago will go off on you, Eva, and that's not me. I'm a mother of three. I'm a wife of a man who is in the political light. I you know host a radio show that talks to millions of people every single day. I want a television show that I have hundreds of people that work on that set. So I can't jeopardize my livelihood from a fleeting moment of an emotion. And that's what that show is, is it moves off of emotion, not thought.
1: I have talked to like almost every quote unquote ex housewife and it's literally the same thing. They're like, wait, it was a reality show. So I just showed up and I thought I would just live my life. And I, I was there for one season. I'm like, yes, sweetie, no, that you should have called me. Like, they, they don't want. Your no rent. one
0: told me, and I didn't know that being a renter in America was a bad thing. Like when I first joined Housewives, I was new to Atlanta, and I rented a house, and it was like the biggest thing in the world. Don don don, Eva rents like. I mean, so do 78% of Americans. I'm so confused, like the, the financial shame they would do. And I have no absolute shame at all. I've been taking care of myself for years. I live well, I have nothing to prove to anyone. But the problem for me is that this show is oftentimes an example of what people aspire to be. And if it falls far from the truth, then people are aspiring to be things that they will never be because it's not real.
1: Right. Like you said, 78% of the world is renting. I don't really understand why that's a negative. I, Mind mean, you, I, I
0: mean, considering how much my rent was, it's about a few mortgages, but that's a whole nother story.
1: I was just going to say, like, <laughs> go rent a two-bedroom in New York, a three-bedroom and on. And we're talking, you know, 20 grand. Buy three stories
0: right. in New York with two-car garage and lawn.
1: Right. So yeah. I'm not so sure what's wrong with that. But... Yeah. Were you, I mean, do you think Housewives in general is just, like, bad for, is, like, a bad representation of women? You know what I mean? Is it, like... No, I don't.
0: I think that um Real Housewives, and of all the franchises, you know, my hat goes off to Atlanta because they lead the pack. I think they do a really good job at... um For one, just allowing you to release from your day and the day-to-day life and stress of like the Derek Chauvin trial and now this Dante Wright and just Breonna Taylor and all the things that are so frustrating that you cannot change, um, it's a great escape you know, to see these beautiful black women or women of any color, because I love Beverly Hills. I love Orange County. I mean, I love them all. So to see these women dressed up, living their life, being unapologetically them, if it's Sonia having a cocktail or if it's, um, uh, Cynthia struggle twerk, you know, I think it's a fun escape. Um, but what I, I do, um, find it hard is when we major in the minors and when we make a mountain out of things that don't matter. And then when we create double standards, like, you know, we can talk about this, this season, but next season, like it doesn't matter. Like, I don't know which one are we doing? Is it good for the goose or the gander or what?
1: Right. so that's
0: my issue. Cause when you're ready to pop, I'm ready to pop too. But usually by the time I'm ready to pop, you want to roll back.
1: Yeah. And you're like, what happened to that? It was just three weeks ago. Same energy. Yeah. I I would agree with that. What about, because you mentioned, like, you're close with, like, Candy and Kenya, and what about, I mean, do you have any relationship with Portia or Nini these days? No,
0: I don't have any relationship with uh, any of the other young ladies. I wish them well. I did talk to Shamia not too long ago, because I just love her beautiful, moisturized baby. I'm sorry. Her baby is the cutest little girl in the world. And so I hit her up. Uh, Shia had a birthday not too long ago and wished her happy birthday. But um, no, I don't talk to uh, any of the other girls besides from Candy, Cynthia, and Kenya. And that's from my personal mental space.
1: Which is important. Very. I mean, do you feel at least like poor Shah's all this, you know, she's committed to the cause. I mean, she's kind of like well, doing- Well, all a-
0: are. We're black. I mean, we're black, we're others, we're minorities, we're discriminated against. So I wouldn't say that one is more than the other. Um, I'm very happy that she did team up with my very longtime friend and activist, Tamika Mallory, who I've worked with for quite some time um, and has really started to do things here in in Atlanta, be it that she's from Atlanta. I'm a member of Black Lives Matter Los Angeles and have been for going on seven years now, um, ran by Melina Abdullah. Pan-African Studies. Um, but I think that it is a beautiful uh, thing that she's doing. I think she is an inspiration to a lot of people. I think a lot of young girls and women look up to her. And so for her to use her time, her energy, and her platform as a Black woman, um, as someone in the struggle that has a Black daughter, that has to live in this world that is so ill, um, what better way to use your voice? So my hat goes off to her for that.
1: What about... We saw you make an appearance at the Bailey Hill wedding. Yes. I mean, do you think that was all overhyped? I mean, they got a lot of flack for like, you know, 250-person wedding, but I mean, they took a lot of precautions. I mean, nobody precautions got Precautions
0: were an understatement. There were people in full PPE gear with germ sprayers every 30 minutes around the building and around the room. I actually know the guy who owns the company. Um, there are masks provided. There was a temperature check. There were hand-washing stations. And there was an invitation which said, you can come. Or not. So I don't understand the flack that Cynthia got. I mean, she is a woman that is in love, that deserves to be celebrated in the way in which she wants to. And everyone that chooses not to come or has an issue could, you know, make the choice to not attend. But those that are attending, be in good spirits as you would want someone at your wedding, COVID or not.
1: Yeah. I, I, that, that makes sense.
0: I was here for her wedding. It was absolutely beautiful. And I'm sorry, if it wasn't COVID, it still was a stunning wedding. But for her to be able to pull something like that off in these times, it was amazing.
1: And to like, look just like, and it's hard to look good during COVID. Let me tell you.
0: Not for Cynthia Bailey. Cynthia Bailey wakes up out the bed. She rolls over looking good. cornrows, wig, or ponytail, okay? So, but when she walked down that aisle, oh my God. I remember going and, and getting a bobby pin or something, and I got a little reveal of her before she, like, and I just, I've never seen someone so beautiful. It literally was like a magazine for a Lebanon wedding of all regard, like, it was royal.
1: Who got the drunkest out of the housewives at the wedding, or ex-housewives?
0: Uh, most likely me, because I wasn't pregnant and my husband was there. <laughs> You know what, I had a really good time at the wedding with Karen Huger. Uh, the Grand Dame is always a good time. She's always there to celebrate, and in, always in good spirits. And what better with champagne and, and our finery? So she had on her beautiful gown and her mask, and the Grand Dame and I had a blast.
1: We love the Grand Dame. Yes. Love. Yes. Everyone needs to show a little respect to the Grand Dame.
0: Listen, put some respect on her name, please.
1: She's she's the grand dame for a reason. Exactly. Would you ever go back to Housewives? Is there any world that you could see this happening?
0: No, I think my time for Housewives is over. Um, I definitely enjoyed being there. I appreciate Bravo and Andy for the opportunity and for the time that I shared there. Um, I, I'm a firm believer in everything is for a reason and for a season. And um, my season is up, however... I started in reality TV in 2003. So I've been in this game for quite some time. And the re- why God has continued to bless me, I don't know. But you won't see me there. But I will be on a screen near you very soon.
1: <laughs> you will. Two more things before we get there. Because I want to talk about After Housewives, you've been busy. I want to talk about the Ricky Smiley show. So talk to me about that in your podcast. And then I, I do want to get into yes. the show. That looks, so
0: I... I love my job. I work at the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. I am a lead co-host over there with Ricky, the brat, special K, Gary with the T, and obviously Ricky Smiley. Um, I've been there almost three years now. We took over for Tom Joyner, who is the number one urban AC, which means what? We're number one, which is awesome. So you can catch us on the Dow, Ricky Smiley Morning Show. There's a Ricky Smiley Morning Show app. Um, We're in every other city. If we're not in the city that you're in, just get on the highway and change your dial and you can find us. And then I also started a podcast called The Undressing Room, where um, we talk about everything. It's three unfiltered women, myself, Dominique, the diva, and L'Oreal. We all have morning shows and um, it's presented by Macy's, which is where I get all my nice finery and free people clothes but we get undressed and we talk about the good the bad the ugly and you'd be surprised how much women do not agree because I never agree with them I think they're crazy
1: and everyone needs to check it out because you you know you have an open honest like you're being very honest here today that's what you have like
0: (laughs) yes and oftentimes when I get done with my podcast which actually the new episode drops today I often say what the heck did I just say like what in the world just came out of my mouth because I speak from my heart. Um, I always say there is no right. There is no wrong. There is just me. And so when it comes to podcasts, a lot of the topics are current events. It's what's going on in the world, right? So what makes us different is the fact that there is only one me and I am the only one that has lived my life and experienced the way I have, which is why I have the opinions I do. So come and get undressed, unsnap your bra, pull your strap down because it goes down in the dressing room.
1: Thank you for entertaining all my questions (laughs) up to this point. And now I really do want to talk about, because I am so excited, All the Queen's Men, your new show, Tell Us Everything.
0: Okay, all the queen's men. It is an amazing one-hour drama. It is going to give you everything you never knew you even missed. Um, I am a one businesswoman. I am the boss. I am the absolute queen. And I have my men. I liken my show to a chessboard. You protect your queen at all costs. And I am madam, because I am a madam. And that's also my name. My name is Marilyn DeVille, but don't call me that. Call me madam. Thank you. And uh, she just runs these men and it's fabulous because it's not about um, money as much as it is control and getting what I know I deserve in life. And I'm going to get it at all costs and nothing is going to get in my way. Um, What I love about the show the most is that she is so unapologetic. Like she's just her the good stuff and the bad stuff. And how you find a show where the hero is also the villain, I don't know, but tune in to all the Queen's men, it is sexy, the men are delicious, the women are powerful, they're strong, they are bad ass, and I am the queen. (laughs) Shout out to Christian Keys, he actually wrote this story 10 years ago, um, has been working on it for quite some time, and then Tyler Perry decided to produce this for us. Thank you, Tyler Perry, Elon Johnson, a Michelle Sneed the team got together D short we call them the A team and um this is the first time you're going to see women this powerful in a show and we step on the men
1: I was excited just because you were in it BET Tyler Perry then when I started seeing this little clip and reading it I'm like wait it's about like male dancers like excuse me like
0: And not just male dancers, honey, the best of the best. And when I tell you, we shy away from nothing. It's either go hard or go home. Do not let your kids watch it. And this is going to be a nice escape from reality. And believe me, you'll want more.
1: Do you watch currently Real Housewives of Atlanta? Well, Michael Bolo, Boar, your co-star. Michael
0: Bollar, yes. He's you know what? Michael is such a dope actor. Um, oftentimes people don't realize the skills that they have, how they segue into another uh uh craft. And he is so in tune and so connected, and he plays such an amazing character on the show. His character's name is Doc, and Michael does an extraordinary job. And people like him are really dope because they bring the truth to the story. You know, we didn't want to just get these guys that are actors and then have them try to dance so we got great actors that also are dancers and so you get the authenticity of that life like and it's gritty oh my god is it gritty I didn't even know half the stuff that happened
1: well he's been a major part of this season of RHOA so go and google that afterwards because that's a whole aye, thing aye, aye. what's the best thing about playing this power businesswoman, woman
0: the best thing about playing Madam is that she gets to do what uh, I think we all really want to do in life, which is be a protector and a provider. Um, I think we work hard really day, uh, really hard every day at making plans to provide for those that we love in ourselves and to protect those around us that we love our communities. And so when I look at Madam, um, She dresses in the finest of silks, honey, but she dresses and puts on her walking shoes every day and goes out and all these guys are like my babies. Anyone out there in need, she's ready to take care of, though she will hurt you, but she is a protector and I love that about her because I feel like we often feel so hopeless in this world where like, who's going to, who's going to save us? And so she's that person.
1: Do you feel extra pressure like, you know, being number one on the call sheet like it's, you know, they say like that's the person that like sets the tone for the show. I mean, other than the show runner and Tyler Perry and everyone else, but you know, like I know like Kerry Washington has said like, you know, scandal like man that was like a great job, but it was tough because I said yes.
0: Yes. Being the lead of the show. um, I've often often been around ensembles, which I enjoy um, because nothing happens by itself. Like if the sound person doesn't do their job, you can act as great as you want to, but no one can hear you. So I'm always about the collective, right? All the different departments that make it all happen. But when I got this job, um, being the, the lead and not just number one on paper, but the queen of the Queen's Men, like literally carrying the show, um, I was definitely terrified, but there was a part of me that was reminded that I was also prepared and that all that I have been through, good, bad, and indifferent. So there is a lot of pressure, obviously, uh, being number one, because if you bomb, then the show bombs. But if you do great, then the show does great. And um, what I was able to take from this is being at Tyler Perry Studios in the middle of a bubble, in the middle of a pandemic where people, 42 million plus Americans are out of work. But we are here living our dream, doing what we love to do for a living, and Tyler could have been away on any private island that he owns, but he instead decided to be here and to give us his best so that we can get our best. And so when I look at my role as number one, I just want to give my best and do the best that I can, because I know that so many people are not just rooting for me, but are depending on me.
1: I cannot wait to watch it. It's going to be, listen, I mean, Is there any gay man that is not lining up to watch this show, first of all?
0: Listen, gay man, gay woman, straight man, straight woman, because we do not discriminate. We play with it all. So there is something for everyone except for kids. Please don't let your kids watch it. I'm serious.
1: (laughs) It's going to be amazing. Listen, you are very busy podcast ricky smiley show you're busy every day but i really really want to thank you for taking your time you do not need to do this so
0: oh i did need to do this i had to get behind this velvet rope please thank you so much for having me david
1: where can everyone find you online
0: find me everywhere at eva marcel um on everything and then click the link in my bio i have a super dope jewelry line you might want to get some stuff it's affordable and it's energy
1: friendly Everyone needs to click it. I really appreciate this. Keep in touch. And you are amazing. Thank you for being so open and honest.
0: Thanks, handsome. You're welcome. See you later. See you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear...